we finally got some things that I've been dying to see from the game in the show. We saw the bow and arrow. They got a little shot, a little cameo. And then we got a great stealth kill by Joel, technically at the end of the episode. Before he realizes that he was stabbed by the guy with a broken baseball bat, he choked him out and snapped his neck, which is something you do quite a bit of in the game when you're stealth killing people and you don't want to make any noise. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Let's break down episode six of The Last of Us, which is called Kin, Kin. obviously referring to the family of Joel as he meets up with his brother Tommy in Wyoming. And this, I would say, is a top tier episode of the season for me. I would say it's top two, maybe top three. I still think, what was it? Episode two, I think, was absolutely terrific that's in boston yeah in boston that, guy. that one was a great episode i still think that's my favorite then last week was probably my second favorite with mm-hmm. the bloater and everything and then this episode was also really really exceptional and they're blending a lot of moments and kind of character arcs and story beats from the game into one i'll go over the differences of the show versus the game specifically with this episode but i really liked it a lot i thought it looked terrific great landscape shots Lots of outdoor exterior film uh, cinematography in these beautiful locations in the wilderness of Wyoming. The mountains, the woods, the lakes, the rivers, the snow. Real snow. And whenever I see real snow in film or TV, I'm just like in love. Like I always judge snow. I'm like, is this real snow? Like no. we were, ta- we're doing Prisoners on Thursday for an episode. And like there's so many scenes in that where it's real rain. A lot of the rain you see in movies, it's artificially made with a giant freaking water, water making machine. But like to see real snow and huge exteriors shot on a large scale base for a TV series, you don't see that very often. So that's one of my favorite parts about the show. And I like how every episode, like you said, you have a couple of favorites. What's cool about it is no episode has felt redundant. Every episode has felt unique from the other one before it and the one after it. They're doing a terrific job of really mixing things up and keeping the story fresh, whether it be... You know, you have the episode three, which is this great love story that takes place. It's basically an epic over several decades. And then you have number episode two, which was more action heavy and really got us a full scale attack of clickers. Episode one was a lot of story building and world building. And then this episode is definitely more character, but also plot heavy. And I think that this is probably the most important, one of the most important episodes for Joel and Ellie with their relationship, which is definitely growing, and they seem to be bonding a lot more. But also, Joel came up with the decision of leaving her and having Tommy go out with her for the rest of her journey because he's more capable. He's not weak like Joel is. And Joel feels like he's vulnerable and is compromised, and Ellie isn't safe with him. So passing him off to Tommy seems to be the logical choice for him. So it's a difficult uh, situation for Joel to grasp and I would say that Pedro Pascal's best performance is in this episode. It's really terrific. Yeah, it might be the best performance of the season so far between him and Nick Offerman in episode three. It is a tough choice to make because, you know, third act of the episode, he recognizes, you know, I'm not what I used to be. And we got a little hint at that a couple episodes ago when they go up the sto- the stairs, like several stories. And she's like, come on, you're an old, you guys, 
You slow. You're so slow. It's taking you so long. He's like, I'm 56 goddamn years old. So it's <laughs> catching up to him. You and Henry know? and Sam snuck up on them. Exactly. So he's not what he used to be. He's still capable, but not as capable, which he found out at the end of the episode. Because if he was a younger man, he probably would not have gotten stabbed with the baseball bat at the end, which put him in a life-threatening situation, which we'll get to eventually. But the biggest problem he's facing is fear. Not, not physical, but he's beginning to feel fear para- uh, paralyzing him in situations. But the fear is from... Thinking he won't be able to protect Ellie. Yes. But like he couldn't protect Sarah. Yeah, so that's it's not just his physical ailments. It's not just his age that's showing. It's not just his ear that can barely hear anything. He is scared, and he when he's being put into these situations, he's not acting like he used to act where he could handle situations. He was confident and could hold his own. But now when they're put into a situation, for instance, the dog getting kind of aggressive with Ellie, he froze up and didn't know what to do, didn't even know what to say. So that's very un-Joel-like from his past. And he's afraid that he's going to lose Ellie just like he lost Sarah. That's one of the reasons why he also, by the end of the episode, wants to dump her off basically onto Tommy because he won't have to worry about losing a daughter again if, if something happens to her because he's afraid he won't be able to protect her. And that's, I think, where the basis of his fear comes from. But I really love this episode because it felt like a Western. It did. You know, it's a Western kind of shot episode. We're on a horseback for half of it. Beautiful landscapes in Wyoming. How many Westerns take place in that beautiful state? A lot of them do. And it just looked terrific. And we get that opening of it's three months later from the last time we were with these characters. I remember watching you hunt. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But that, actually, I'll, I'll explain when that happens, which uh-huh. is later on. Okay. When you hunt as Ellie in the mm-hmm. game that yeah, happens yeah. after kind of all these sequences. We finally got some things that I've been dying to see in the game. From, from the game in the show, we saw the bone arrow. Even though he's not using it, I'll accept it. At least we saw it. And obviously the camera did a little pan down to the bone arrow that was owned by the elderly couple in that cabin. It was like a wink to fans. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we probably won't see them using it, it looks like, at all. Well, because it was a pretty standard weapon, what, halfway through the game you got it? and then You get it you, in Bill's Town. You get it pretty early. Okay, so then and you use it quite a bit. So I feel like, like 10%, if, if, I'd say. if Joel was going to use it, he would have used it by now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's, it's a show. It's, it's easy. You just have a rifle in the they hand. They can't get everything in yeah, there. Yeah, a revolver. They yeah. can't get everything. But they got the bow and arrow. They got a little shot, a little cameo. <laughs> and then we got a great stealth kill by Joel, technically at the end of the episode. Before he realizes that he was stabbed by the guy with a broken baseball bat, he choked him out and snapped his neck, which is something you do quite a bit of in the game when you're stealth killing people and you don't want to make any noise, and you just choke them out and kill them like that. I was, <laughs> I remember one of the first bits I saw you do in the game, probably the first thing, is you were moving around a town just stealth killing a bunch of people. And I, thought, I was like, I thought this was a zombie game. <laughs> you killed just as many humans you're just as zombies. Murdering you murdering humans left and right. You probably kill more people than humans in that game. Because <laughs> more, more people than monsters. I mean, than monsters. <laughs> kill more humans than monsters in that game. And I don't know if you saw me, but I was like jumping on the couch while it was oh, happening. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, you were six inches away from me. I was yeah, like, finally. I, I, I noticed you jump up. Yes, He's finally choking somebody out. Let's go. You literally jumped up and fist pumped. <laughs> you were like, let's go. I was so excited about it. <laughs> no, I didn't catch that at all. I, I missed that. <laughs> I like this opening with the elderly in this cabin because it shows how secluded and uninformed people are who live in the middle of nowhere to everything that's been going on. Obviously, they know there's been an outbreak, but they look like they've been self-sufficient their entire lives living off the land. Seems like it hasn't really affected their day-to-day life at all because no one's coming to wandering up there in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure they get a few occasional passerbys, but also they, they're so secluded they don't even know what the fireflies are. They haven't. They're like, what do you? What are fireflies? What is a clicker? <laughs> <laughs> Ellie brings up the fireflies, and the wife's like, oh, we have those at night or something like that. 
that. <laughs> it's like a political group, and they have no idea who they are. Good soup. They made soup. <laughs> Good soup. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't resist. But I just love this concept of. What are people living like who aren't affected at all by the infected, by QZs, by the government, by Fedra, or even by fireflies, hunters, or raiders? And I really like the time jump. The time jump and the weather change, it gave us a completely new look, as well as you can tell that Ellie and Joel have spent so many nights camping, traveling, riding horseback, what have you. And so their bond is very tight. She's less like vulgar. They're, they're not like fighting. They're just bickering and just like joking around. It's become just teasing each other where it used to be like she used to really annoy Joel and she used to try to rile him up on purpose. But now they have like more of a, a very close bond kinship and the relationship has definitely evolved. Although Joel is still preventing himself from teaching her any survival skills which is odd, uh, and it's because of his character flaw of not wanting... He probably doesn't want Ellie to put herself in dangerous situations. That's why he's refusing to teach her how to hunt, how to shoot, how to really kill, and she keeps asking to learn this, or maybe you could teach me how to do that, and he keeps refusing because I think he doesn't want to set her up to feel confident to put herself in a dangerous situation, and he would feel responsible if she died. Yes and no, he, he has been teaching her stuff, we just haven't seen it. Uh -huh. You know, when he's like, I'm going to take first watch and second watch, you just sleep yeah, yeah, all yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. He falls asleep for second watch, and she does second watch, and when he wakes up, she's like, I did everything you've taught me, I've checked the tracks, I got the high ground. I, f I have the high ground! Don't try it! <laughs> so he has been teaching her stuff, we just haven't seen it. Not, but not the firing not, weapons, yeah. not shooting and stuff like okay, that. Okay, I so. should have specified conflict needed like we, skills. We need a little more specificity, Anthony. <laughs> You're right. She knows skills. She's he's, she's got great skills. She's teach he's teaching her. You have good you have good skills. <laughs> Is that a Napoleon Day <laughs> reference? <Yeah. laughs> so but you're he, drinking two percent milk. Is that because you think you're fat? Because you could be drinking whole. <laughs> Eat the food. Tina. Eat the food. Moving on. But he is he is preventing her from learning skills required to hunt to kill, to fight, to defend herself. Because, yeah, and also maybe yeah. he doesn't want her to turn into what he is. I think, yeah, it could be both things. In his youth. But I, I would say he's afraid that she's she would feel willing to put herself in a compromising situation because, oh, Joel taught me how to shoot. That's why he was so reluctant with the gun. That's why he's, why he's reluctant to not teach her how to hunt or shoot this rifle. I think that might be the main reason. Yeah, I think you're right because he's afraid of her getting hurt. Mm-hmm. This elderly couple, after they, you know, break in and steal one of their rabbits, and everyone's just oddly hospitable. <laughs> I get it. They get it. They get the situation. I thought it was. I thought it was a cool scene though. And they warn them about going west. They're like, which way is the best way to go west? He's like, go east. Like, you should not go west. There's nothing but death out there, either infected or people we don't even see. The only thing that we come across are the dead bodies that are left, and that's because they've run into this incredibly well-run, well-protected, and even more secluded little town fort in the middle of nowhere that Tommy is helping be a part of and build this community. Jackson. Ja in Jackson, Wyoming. This is when they're looking for the rivers. Maybe they want they made it to the wrong river. Is this the river of the dead or the river of death? Is that what she says? Yeah, well, the dam they ended up before blurring. before that, but it's yeah. the river of is this the river of death? But yeah. actually, the dam was cool to see. Yeah, because that's a major sequence in the game. I saw you stuck there. Yeah, so in the game, so swimming around trying to figure out how to get out of there. <laughs> so, so actually, the, the electro <laughs> did you end up going in there? Yeah, so you go in there. So the, I'll explain how the game differs from the show right now. So, well, in the show, Tommy is in this city 
the secluded like I would call it like a fort city it's a, in the yeah, middle I'd of nowhere. Yeah, I say fort. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. It's and a it's, it's a very, saloon town. Very well run. In the game, it's similar but different. So in the game, when you stumble upon Tommy, it's at the dam, the hydraulic electric dam. And Tommy is there with his wife and other men and, and women who are fighting on their side and part of their community. They're trying to get the dam started to get power to their city, which is a couple miles away. And you're there while they turn the dam on. And then a bunch of hunters and raiders come and you have to take them out. Oh, wow. And then there's a situation where Ellie runs away on horseback and you go and save Ellie after she's run away. And then I'll explain more later on in terms of the differences and, and deviations from the game. Why'd the she show. run away? I'll explain it later on. Okay. When we get to that part of the show. Sorry, I'm just curious. But so when you meet Tommy in the game, uh-huh. they, they're turning the dam on at the dam. And then you go with him after all that situation, all that stuff. And, well, actually, no, I won't, I won't explain that. But he has a, they have a city. You're never really in that city. Uh, you just know of it. However, you are in like a town like this later on after that. When it's winter time, which I'll talk about later on as well. And so on the show, the dam's already working, and it's providing electricity to Jackson. Yeah, and they don't even really go to the dam at all. They just they just walk, walk by it, it, and then they get to the city, and then they're. But the, you got to explain why the city has power, so they had to show it. Exactly, because you know a dam like that would pr- be able to provide that much electricity for a town like this, for a fort city, a fort town, which is cool. And you know they stumble upon all these cowboys and cowgirls, and I thought this was a really great scene because we got so much tension of. The dog infection test, where that dog will smell the infected and it'll tear you to pieces. Joel's not infected, didn't have to worry about it. But then, all right, let's test her, and they test Ellie, and you're sitting there like, is it going to bark? It should probably bark. She's been bit, but she's not infected, so she's safe. Yeah, because the digital infection meters, they all register her as positive. So it seemed like the tension was really building for, oh, is this dog going to also determine if she's infected or not? Because those registered for her. So it was a great suspenseful moment of the show. There was a scene before this, too, that I really enjoyed. It was the fireplace sequence. You know, she's looking up at the Northern Lives on that little boulder thing, and then Joel tells her. Northern Lights? I mean, what did I say? Lives. 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 (laughs) You also also said, uh, what did you say? You said a fireplace. Yeah, the fire. Campfire. (laughs) (laughs) You're all over the place. Man, what what am I talking about? You said the fireplace looking up at the Northern Lives. (laughs) (laughs) Did I have a stroke? (laughs) Oh, man. Something's going on. You're close. You're on the right track (laughs) with these words. Really good job, Jim. (laughs) Great speaking, pal. (laughs) (laughs) you're learning so much it's so fast so the the campfire looking up at the northern lights the campfire looking up at the northern lights and they have that conversation where you know ellie's kind of always like pestering and and annoying joel with questions and she's talking about like after we get there let's say and they got the cure and we're all done what are you gonna do with your life what's what's joel's next step and he's like, oh, I don't know, it's never really been an option before because of being stuck in QZs and part of that life and in those cities for so long and being a smuggler. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Now, actually, I'm out of the cities. I'm out of the QZ, which I wasn't allowed to leave before unless I was smuggling something. Now I can do whatever I want. I, hey, why not be a rancher and herd some sheep? 
Like Jesus. J. Christ. <laughs> I'm going to have some sheep. I'll tend to them. <laughs> and I like how Ellie, growing up in QZs and knowing nothing but the walls of Boston and then the ocean behind her, the other wall that she can never escape in this little prison bubble, she's looking to the sky, to the stars, yeah. and thinking about astronauts. Exploration. Yeah, which is really fascinating because that's all she could ever do. Yeah, I thought they did a great job with character development for Joel in this film because when they get to Jackson, and Jackson seems to be like, a paradise for a dystopian future where they're self-sufficient. Everybody is kind of equal share of everything. They have all the meats and foods they need. They have entertainment, films. They can watch TV probably. All the electricity and heating they need to power and warm the city. And I'm sure they have schools. I'm sure they have other ways of people developing their minds and crafts. So it seems like they have a wonderful little community built there. A commune. A commune. Where people live together and share all wealth however, and all items. However, Joel reacts really poorly to it, especially towards Tommy, most notably when Tommy reveals that he and his wife are expecting a child. And Joel basically rejects it, and he doesn't. He, re, he, he reacts really poorly in, in, in uh, an aggressive way because it's basically a reflection of everything he's lost. And so when he sees this town that seems to be perfect and he sees that his brother is thriving and building a family, the reason why Joel reacts poorly is because it, on his side of things, he's lost everything. He has nobody. All he knows is death. Just coming, Still coming off the grief of Tess, I'm sure, but also just his, his daughter is never far from his mind. He lost everything. So when he sees Tommy with everything that he lost – it seems as though it, it rubbed him the wrong way, and that's why he, he got so hot-headed and lost his temper in a way and basically offended Tommy the way he was just had no reaction to Tommy's final moment, finally having some kind of positivity in his life. And even when he left that bar after that talk, he thought he saw Sarah in a crowd of people around that Christmas tree with a girl with similar hair, and he, it wasn't her, but he's, he's like seeing Sarah, and it's all he could think about. And Tommy says a great line to Joel. He says, just because life stopped for you, it doesn't mean life stopped for me as well. Something like that, which is a great line and something that, you know, Joel had to reflect on afterwards. And also Tommy points out how he looks, uh, Joel says, it doesn't look like you've aged. And then Tommy says, you can't be, the same can't be said for you. He's gone through hell. Yeah. So Joel's had a rougher go of it for sure. And Tommy is thriving and he looks terrific and Joel just looks like he's, on his last legs in a lot of ways. And we got some more backstory on what they did years ago mm -hmm. after the infection broke out in order to survive in terms of whatever they were doing, murdering people, killing people, working for Fedra probably, and doing all these these missions and killing innocent people and becoming murderers and how, you know, Tommy's trying to put that behind him. He's like, I'm moving on from that. But it's still kind of what Joel thinks of. It's like what he lives with on his sleeve every day of his life. He still is that murderer and still that killer. He's not willing he to He just doesn't kill him. innocent people. Yeah, he doesn't kill innocent people. <laughs> <laughs> I like Maria a lot too. And I, I like the line she said where, you know, the elderly couple said that everyone in the area fears going west because of everyone dies. There's nothing but death. And it's because of this reputation that these people have made. No one knows about this isolated spot because they're so they have such a strong reputation, but just because you have a bad reputation doesn't mean you're bad people. Yeah. And Joel's name is the only thing that cleared them from getting killed. Because they're trying to protect that place. Yeah. As soon as anyone found out about this oasis in the middle of the the, the war-torn world and infected world, 
everyone would come hunting yeah, for this you, place. Yeah, you can't let a soul know. You can't you can't let anyone go there and then leave because they'll tell someone and then that that rumor will spread and before you know it, your city is going to be overrun with people. So it's intelligent in, in the best tactic for how they carry out keeping that place a secret because it has to be. Tommy also tells Joel where he might be able to find the fireflies because he he's trying to at first lie to Tommy about who the girl is. Oh, she's just like the daughter of some firefly trying to get well, I was coming this way so I was going to take her anyways he's like oh Tommy's like out of the goodness of your heart he's like no there's there's a payment so he bought that for now for the time being until he confesses later that Ellie is ha- she's immune she could potentially be the cure and you know Joel was asking Tommy where to find the fireflies and he told them University of East Colorado and that it's not exactly a suicide mission but it is extremely dangerous but nothing Joel can't handle as long as he's on and careful. Yeah. I also thought an interesting scene was Ellie reading the diary of the girl uh, who, whose room she's staying in, who the girl who's passed away. That entire scene was like line for line from the game. By oh, the way. excellent. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really great because she's reading this diary and she's learning that the the conflicts of a teenage girl from 20 years ago are which skirt goes better with which shirt and boys and just random trivial things. And she's she finds it hard to believe that like life was so simple one day where. The worst thing that could happen to you was maybe like a boy broke your heart. And for her, every day is just death or survival. And so it's, it's it puts into perspective how difficult things are for her. And she probably wishes she could have grown up in a time where things were easier. There's a lot of emotional scenes in this episode. Not to mention, well, with Joel and Tommy for sure. And also even Maria and Ellie have a great scene together where... Ellie is able to take a hot shower probably for the first time in a long time. Fresh change of clothes. Maria got her a new jacket. She traded probably some of her own personal possessions for that jacket for Ellie to be able to survive in the winter that's going to hit them harshly in this part of the country this time of year. And Maria is like, I'm going to cut your hair. Like, you need a haircut. Like, trimming up her hair. And she noticed that Ellie was looking at the little memorial that Tommy had made, not just for Maria's child who passed away but also for Joel's daughter Sarah who passed away and you know Ellie was able to learn more about Sarah Hare and that's why after she finds out that Joel is planning to dump her onto Tommy after that scene with Tommy and Joel in the shoe store the cobbler store it might, it might not have been a cobbler store. He's just fixing his just boots. Just a shop. He's just fixing yeah. his boots there. <laughs> it's just a tool, like a tool shed. Daniel Day-Lewis is in there like, <laughs> Welcome to the cobbler of Jackson. <laughs> How can I help you, Joel? <laughs> no, is, that, is that Daniel Day-Lewis impression? <laughs> need, need a new pair of boots, Joel? <laughs> no, that's the, that's the Jackson cobbler. Jackson cobbler. Welcome to the Jackson cobbler. You need some new soles there, sir? Uh, I, ma- I make a new pair of boots every year. <laughs> you know, Joel has a an intense confession to Tommy where he's admitting... I'm getting old. I'm getting weak. I'm afraid. We talked about this earlier. I'm afraid I can't protect Ellie. I'm afraid of, obviously, he's going to lose her if he messes up. He's afraid of not being able to protect her. And he feels weak. And he wants Tommy to do it and take on control, take on the mission of bringing Ellie to the Fireflies because it's the cure for humanity. Now you have a reason to try to build a better world for your child that's coming into the world this is an opportunity to make to fix the world and now that you're going to be a father what's the best gift you could give your your child than a better world to live in and grow up in with no infected and it's an emotional scene because you know this is something that joel's probably been burying for years and years and he's been having panic attacks this episode he couldn't make it up those stairs without huffing and puffing and he's confessing this to his baby brother who's still young and strong and tommy accepts the mission and he's like i'll take her out at dawn 
And then they have that scene with Joel and Ellie with the diary where Ellie overheard basically what was going on in that conversation with between Tommy and Joel. He's like, she's like, I know you're going to dump me off into Tommy. Like, do you even care about me? And Joel finally confesses that he does care about her. And he tries to get her to understand that it's the best thing for her, for her survival. He can't take of her, Tom, take care of her anymore. Tommy is the best bet she has at getting to Eastern Colorado safely to get there to the Fireflies. But what Joel doesn't understand is that to Ellie, being with somebody else wouldn't make her safer. It would only make her more scared. Aw, so touching. He's the only person that she loves or cares about that hasn't either died or left her. And because Joel, the, the entire relationship still to this point, is still closed off emotionally and personal history-wise, he's they've clearly never spoken about personal histories. He always shuts her down. He not only has never talked about his daughter, but because he prevents them from having real personal discussions about their past, he has never understood that she lost everyone she cares about and everyone who's everyone she's cared about has either died or left her. They've never had that discussion before because he's been so closed off. He never realized that. He never he, he never even considered that she's been through as much shit as he he has. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If not more shit. Yeah. She's no she was born into this. She's known nothing but it. Yeah. And that's why she's reading the diary. She's like, This is what people used to worry about. Are you kidding me? And the stable sequence was great because when Tommy shows up to Ellie's bedroom in the morning to take her to the stables to get a horse and to get on their journey, Joel is there. She's like, what are you here to say goodbye or something? And he offers her, he's like, you get to choose, all right, me or Tommy. Obviously, she throws the bag at Joel. I'm taking you. You're like, I'm going with you, You're like 100%. Screw this guy. I don't know. <laughs> However, in the game, I think it's done a little better where Joel chooses Ellie versus Joel having Ellie choose him or Tommy. So in the game, mm, the mm-hmm. dam is ra- is raided by raiders and hunters. And then after that, while you're still at the dam, Ellie takes a horse and runs away because she doesn't want to be a burden anymore. And she found out that Joel was going to try and dump her off onto Tommy to, for Tommy to take her to the university. So she ran away on horseback. And then you follow her with Tommy on horseback, kill a bunch of guys. She's at this uh, ranch house in the middle of nowhere on a farm. And... You kill a bunch of guys again, and then, <laughs> and then you find her, and that's where they have their diary conversation, and then you, you, Ellie, Joel, Ellie, and Tommy ride horseback to the city because the power's on. They're heading to the city now, and at that moment, they're looking at the city at night. All the lights are on because the electricity's been turned on from the dam. And Tommy's like, all right, you guys have a spot here, and uh, I'll, I'll take her. But then Joel's like, go on ahead, I'm gonna take her. So basically, Joel decides on himself. I'm going to take Ellie to University of Colorado, to the lab, to the Fireflies, to see this to the end. You know, I like that better. I like Joel making this, the decision better than rather than just kind of being passive and saying, you can choose for me. Takes the agency out of Joel's character. Yeah, I totally agree because I would say I didn't... I thought that when they got to the to the stables, Joel would be like... shoot, And they were surprised to see him there. He, I thought Joel was going to be like, I'm taking you. Give me that gun. So I did kind of find it a, a little. Uh, I didn't love like how he didn't make the choice himself. So because it would have showed a big advancement of his character by make by having him make that decision to to decide to uh, I'm gonna keep continuing on this journey with you so rather than saying you I'll let you choose you have you can choose so versus like if you want I'll go yeah, I guess yeah it was like yeah I was like oh he, it'd be funny if he got the bag he's like you sure <laughs> it's like if you want to get like like takeout you're like do you want to get 
Uh, do you want to get burgers? I mean, if you want, what one, do you want? If you want? If you're gonna get a burger, I'll, I'll go get, get a, a burger. Exactly. <laughs> so I do like the video game choice better. I'm not sure why they changed it because I feel like it could have added a lot more weight to his character development. Exactly. Toward, towards Ellie, because Ellie already wants him. We already learned that Ellie needs him. And so this, if he made the choice himself, it would have shown that he needs Ellie and wants to be with her just as much as she does. I mean, I guess for writing purposes, you could argue that Joel knew that she was going to pick him anyways if she pre- if he presented her the option, me or Tommy. So in his ways, it was his way of kind of like getting, potentially getting rid of the responsibility. But either way, he knew she was going to choose him. So that's basically his way of saying, you could argue, I'll take you, is yeah. asking her to choose. I guess that's the best way to defend it. I suppose so. I like the video game version better. Exactly. Me too. After they have that emotional conversation after the diary of Ellie saying that if I'm with somebody else, I'm not going to be safer. I'm just going to be more afraid. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, they've been changing things up for the for better or worse. And for the most part, they've been, I think, changing for better from what I've heard about the game. I haven't seen everything about the game, but uh, I just think that that was odd. I don't, I don't I like the game version better. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's better for the character. Yeah. The transformation. I think so. You know, they're getting yeah. so much closer because then they're on the horseback together and it's, they're cracking jokes it's just opening better, up. Yeah, it's just better when your characters make choices yeah. rather than choices being made for them. Raiders 10 at movieposters.com. You get 10% off their entire website on your entire order. And they have a wide collection of posters for film. TV, they got backdrops, all kinds of sizes and framing. They've been sending us posters and been a sponsor of the show for like two years now. A long time. And we love them over there. (laughs) (laughs) They're based in Canada. It's a great company, great customer service. So head to movieposters.com. Use our code Raiders10. You get 10% off your entire order today for movie posters. You know what I mean? You can have a beer. If you have a beer, I'll have a beer. Yeah, that's, it's, there's there's an active character that's making choices, and then there's a passive character where choices are being made for them. So I, I find it odd that they chose the passive route in that situation. True. But as soon as they got on horseback, I was really excited to <laughs> go forward to the University of Colorado, East Colorado, just like in the video game where you go there as well. On horseback, on the way there, just the fun conversations, getting closer. Joel's teaching her finally how to shoot a rifle, how to how to range and how to scope, and it's really cool. They're starting to get closer. It wasn't scary at all, even though Tommy said that it's a dangerous path to get there. They encountered no danger at all for five days until they got to the University of East Colorado. This was so cool to see. This is one of the most surreal moments so far of the show to game adaptation is being on this empty campus, seeing the monkeys and everything like that. It was an absolute bat blast. It was absolute treats um, because in the game, it's such a fun moment. You're just on horseback walking around a completely empty and abandoned campus. Mm-hmm. Although in the game, you you uh, contact a lot of infected couple oh, bloaters. I bet, I bet yeah. Uh, oh, man. Oof. Yeah, you go under, you go like into the dormitories and everything. You, you oh, wow. get a lot of gear and everything and supplies, but you, you fight a lot of clickers and a couple bloaters in the university in the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It just seems like they, with this and with the dam, they're just showing you the locations but not spending the time that you spent in the game there. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is what I mean, though, by if they slowed the show down and they did three seasons off Last of Us Part 1, it would be epic. It would be so... (laughs) You could do an entire episode just at the university, Uh and it would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. It really would be. I bet. I I wish they... I I get what they're doing. They want to get to The Last of Us Part 2 for Season 2 quickly. I get it. Although I still think you could just build the, the show out so much more and just it'd be it, you'd be able to explore so much from the game. 
Yeah, I would say because you don't have to worry about Bella Ramsey aging out because she's already twenty. So she just she she's not gonna look older. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So she. You don't have to worry about her looking too old if you film too many seasons before part two. Exactly. But, but I, I mean, she already looks super young. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's 20 years old. And she, she pulls off 15, 16, no problem. So you don't have to worry about that. But I suppose they, I think they just want to probably be done with this story and feel like it's a close knit. They didn't stretch it too long, didn't milk it for too long, as I suppose what they're intentions are they don't want to feel like oh we're just stretching this out unnecessarily i guess yeah yeah that's that that's probably what their their motivations are, i still I think say. for season three they're just going to go their own route uh-huh that's my my and guess keep building just on like it. dexter mm -hmm. in showtime just do their own thing with it because obviously, i'm sure they have stories in mind they're not going to stop yeah this is one of the most popular shows in the last five years there's no way they stop after two seasons that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm hbo max doesn't want this to be a three season show i'm guessing they want because house of the dragon they're expecting probably planning for six seasons at least five they, if they have a hit they want to they want to squeeze the juice out of it so we'll see how long they end up going obviously that's but, why showtime is making yeah. three origin stories for dexter <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta do what we can <laughs> we're always shitting on showtime <laughs> sorry showtime it's not the first they do have some good stuff they have, they have a good library of movies invite us to a premiere yeah. if you want <laughs> <laughs> Did you say invite us to a premiere? Yeah. <laughs> but I like the I love again being at the university. It's so fun. And although they go searching for the laboratory of the fireflies, the signs of the fireflies being there are everywhere. Their markings are on specific signs in specific buildings. Although they realize they learn quickly that even though there are monkeys there, which is super cool, reference to the game, the fireflies have left long ago they saw an inventory list for departure as well as clearly just a rush to get out of there with as many supplies and medical supplies as possible as many of them were strewn all over the floors also joel reading uh something a piece of paper like how many times do you do that in the oh game? quite a bit reading yeah, a yeah, document yeah. yeah a lot that's great there still lot. still hasn't been a beer bottle thrown though i know i thought they would at least throw one just for the f don't you think it, they should have just thrown one i know just I know. one time just throw a beer bottle and then obviously huge climax where they get attacked by the hunters start show, uh, hunters start showing up in raiders they get attacked by one of them secretly joel fights him off chokes him out but doesn't realize he's been stabbed in the abdomen with the broken part of a baseball bat handle and then they ride off bleeding out getting chased by everybody else and at the end of the episode it, joel collapses off the horse on a train track in the middle of nowhere, in the snow, and Ellie can't bring him to consciousness. And the episode ends, which is a great cliffhanger. Great, great ending. In yeah. the game, it's a little different. So in the game, Joel is on the second floor of the building. You are The the buildings are being raided again by hunters as well. This is after you've taken out a lot of clickers and bloaters and stuff. It's really cool. <laughs> and then Joel falls from the second floor of the building Damn. onto like kind of a pipe that goes through. Oh, he's gets impaled? Yeah, so yeah. He, he falls on his back, but he, he like lands through a pipe. Uh -huh. Same spot exactly, though, like the side of the abdomen. Ouch. And Ellie has to actually like pull him up off the pipe. And then it's a really cool sequence where you're like barely alive in the 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 visuals are very blurred and shaky and you're you're actually moving really slow and you and ellie have to try to escape while you're uh -huh. kind of like walking in slow motion because you're bleeding out and you're still like holding up your gun to shoot and aim and kill people while you're uh -huh. trying to escape ellie in the game takes out a bunch of dudes in this in this situation it's uh -huh. really badass for ellie she really comes into her own of being like a uh, an action hero or, or protector of Joel now versus El Ellie always being protected by Joel. Ellie's Joel being always protecting Ellie. Ellie's now protecting Joel. Mm -hmm. It's great. 
But this is basically, again, they're changing things up and hitting all the same beats of the video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, the big beats. And then you guys yeah. run right away, and then he still uh, falls off the horse again. Uh-huh. But cliffhanger right now, what's going to happen next? We don't know because the trailer for Episode 7 is actually, if you're confused, we're flashing back to so the confused. QZs. We're flashing back to the, it's not linear this episode. <laughs> flashback to the QZs, obviously. Chris because, Nolan made this one. <laughs> half fits in black and white. <laughs> He's only done that once. In yeah, Oppenheimer. Right. In Oppenheimer. <laughs> but um, this is going to be the story of Left Behind, which is actually bonus content, playable content on The Last of Us Part 1. It tells the story of where Ellie first got bit uh-huh. in the mall sequence with, uh, I can't remember her name. I haven't played it yet. Who, uh, How dare you not to know the name of a character of the <laughs> game you haven't played? I haven't, I haven't played Left Behind yet, but I know the story of this is where she gets. Are you gonna play mall. it next? Yeah, I'm actually probably gonna do it this week. Uh-huh. And um, so that's the story, and it's actually interesting to get like to see what the QZ was like for like a teenager growing up. Yeah, it looks like they have kind of a militaristic kind of society and culture for the kids, and they seem to be very orderly. It looks it looks like a military camp kind of, but for that's like the, their lives. And you that know officer I mean? says he's like. I think he said something like the best way to get out of here is like to be an officer, yeah. to be a part of Fedra. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Ellie's childhood was like, what it was like growing up in this area in a QZ under basically the control of the military, of the militia, of the martial law going on there. So I think it's going to be a really cool episode, and it looks like it won't be – we won't see anything about what's going to happen. We might see like – her bring Joel into like a cabin or something, and then we'll get the flashback to her. Yeah. And, but in terms of current storyline, I don't see much going on in plot in terms of plot. But this gets me extremely excited because now I know what the finale episode is gonna be like. Uh, so there's only two episodes left. Yeah, there's only I believe it's gonna be only eight episodes this okay. whole season. Uh-huh. So that means this will be a flashback episode, mm-hmm. and then episode eight will be the finale, which is gonna be intense. They're gonna have to pack a lot into that final. I watched most of you doing that. They're gonna have to pack yeah. a lot in. Hopefully, it's like an hour and a half or longer. Like I want like a two hour episode to wrap it up for the season because I'm pretty sure it's going to be only eight episodes. Well, let me see if I can get a runtime. Yeah, let's get a runtime, man. On, on this. Let's, let's see if I can get a runtime on episode Let's get eight this runtime. I remember us. watching you play basically most of that. It's going to be nine episodes. Okay, cool. Nine episodes. All right, that's awesome. Yeah, it seems like it'll be impossible for them to do all of that in one. All right, that makes me feel a lot better if it's mm-hmm. going to be nine. If it's going to be, yeah. Because that means, so episode seven, I'm sorry. So the character's name is gonna be played by Storm Reed. Uh, what's the character's name? Oh, Riley. That's her name, Riley. Okay. The story of Ellie and Riley. Gotcha. So nine episodes for the season. That's great news. So that means episode eight, we will be meeting a very important spoilers character. Spoilers. I wasn't expecting to meet anyone else. A, you a just ca- spoiled the show for a me. Character. I'm just kidding. Gonna... I saw all this already. Do some crazy crap. It's going to be intense. It's going to be super intense. Just wait. I'm very excited. I can't wait. Uh, other video game references, let me see real quick. I made a list of some others. We've talked about some of them. Obviously, the monkeys were super fun. The Firefly tags everywhere. Um, other than that, we talked about the diary and choking the guy out. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City. So they're moving. They're going to go now from University of East Colorado. Their next objective is to reach Salt Lake City because all of the thumbtacks on that map led to... 
Salt Lake City, St. Mary's. They all Mary's, met in one spot. St. Mary's, which sounds like a hospital. Sound, certainly sounds like a hospital. <laughs> Definitely not a hospital. No way. It's an elementary school. Um, other than that, I think we covered pretty much everything. It was a very good episode. It really was. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish it was longer, but it was it was really great. Yeah. In, I'm looking forward to next week, but I'm really looking forward to the stuff that I saw you doing that comes after this. Maybe the hardest part of the game happens in that sequence. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll explain it. Then. Oh, I saw you die a few times. But man, I, I don't know how people do the permadeath on this, where you <laughs> permadeath is you play the game, and if you die, you die. Oh my but God. like when you played Last of Us or like these games normally, you just respawn where your last checkpoint is yeah. with everything you had. So it's like not a big deal if you die. But like... If you die, you die. You put like ten hours into it. You and put then like you twenty die. hours into it, and you're dead. Oh my god! Well, I mean, they've done it. They've people do permadeath. Have played the game probably twice or three times. Oh, at least yeah. So they're probably burning through it. They're not taking twenty hours. Well, you still gotta go nice and slow. You don't want to. They're not doing it your style though. Of like every quarter, you're like, oh my god, I gotta look. I gotta look. Is there anyone there? How about you? <laughs> you play the game at night oh my with god. the lights off. Oh my god, is anyone there? Listen, is anyone there? Listen, this is how you play The Last of Us. <laughs> you shut the lights off. You play at night with headphones on. It is. <laughs> An intense experience, and you are shitting your pants the whole time. Yeah, but if you know the game well, you kind of could have a memory of where things oh, are. Oh, yeah, you remember yeah, so stuff. You can, so you can run through it. But still, even though you know something's going to happen, you can still get taken out pretty easily. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm just saying they're not wasting time slowly walking through like and hallways. It's, and it's probably not like me where like my first time playing the game, I'm saving every like kind of ammo I have. I'm saving yeah. my flamethrower. I'm saving my rifle bullets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're the throwing bomber. Molotov cocktails everywhere. Say, I didn't yeah. use the bow and arrow for like two hours of gameplay. It's just like, whatever. They're just like all over the place for yeah, that. Yeah. You get really good at the game. Yeah. That's why I'm excited for The Last of Us Part 2 and then Left Behind because I'm pretty good at the game now. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty dope. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to our breakdown of The Last of Us Episode Six. Kin, right now on IMDb, this episode is rated at a nine point eight. I believe that's the that is the highest of the season. Jesus, everything. These ratings are pretty high. Dead, 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 dead. <laughs> the show's awesome, but come on. 9.8's high. <laughs> it's high as hell. Oh, my God. I, it was a great episode. It was, like it's, We're talking like it's not perfection, guys. <laughs> Relax, IMDb users. IMDb, it's either a 10 or a 1. <laughs> oh, my God. Just give it an 8.5. I give it, I give it an 8.5. It means you didn't like it. <laughs> That's the problem. That's where yeah. we're at. If it's in the 8, you didn't like it, apparently. <laughs> Why would you give it an 8? A 6 is I liked it. In my opinion, a 6 is I liked it. No, a 6 is, is okay. 7 is I liked seven it. 7 is good. 100%. Yeah. 7 means it's good. 5 is like, meh. Eh. 4 is like, it was bad. But like when people say like, it didn't even break 7, it's like, who cares? Like seven's a good rate. If you get a seven on MDB, if that's I made a movie, if I made a movie and it got rated a seven, I'd be like, thank God, that's awesome. I wouldn't be happy. I'd I'd be grateful. I mean, it could be a three. That's true. That's true. It could be this a three. Is true. This is true. Seven's good. See, look, you 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 need a ten or nothing. No, no, no. I just I want an eight. No, I know Give you me want that an eight. I know you want an eight, but wouldn't you just be at least relieved to at least have a seven? No, you wouldn't like that at all. No. So what if it's seven or or below? No way. No, I mean, like, either you have a 7 or, or lower. Oh, you, oh, those, those, those are my yeah, options. Be, obviously, I want a 7. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Compared to below 7, yeah. yeah. I know. But I wouldn't be, like, amazed. I wouldn't be super happy if it was a 7. I think a seven's pretty solid. See? On IMDb's, like, 7, 7.5, that means it's good. Whoa, whoa, 7.5, I would be happy with. But not 7. Not 7. What about 7.2? 7.2, I'd be like, ah. There's oh. got to be a Nolan movie that's a 7.2. Yeah, Tenet. 
Yeah, people hated Tenet. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, seven. I mean, seven's not good enough for me. It's not good enough. An eight would be. <laughs> an eight would be insane. If you if you made something that was an eight, yeah, that, that's, that's that would be fucking incredible. nuts with a lot of ratings. Yeah, that would be nuts with with a lot of ratings. That'd be nuts. Yeah. Uh, actually, Chris Nolan Insomnia is a seven point two. I like Insomnia. That's his lowest for his all of his features besides Following is a seven point five. Everything else is an eight point two or higher. Tenet is above Tenet? eight. Tenet. Oh, seven point three. Sorry, I missed that. Fuck Dunkirk me. is a seven point eight. Come on. Yeah. I'm, what is going on? Yeah. How is that a seven point eight? That's a brilliant movie. People don't like the time stuff. The triptych. Uh, I don't know. It's Anyways, not for everyone. It's not for everybody. Yeah. That's not everyone likes what Nolan does. Yeah, but it's incredible filmmaking. Oh yeah, it's absolutely amazing. That's just that's maybe it might. It's like the Inglorious Bastards in his career, possibly like the most technically well made movies done. Oh, for sure. It's possible. Yeah. It's debatable. Yeah. Anyways, again, Turn thanks for Nolan in. Love Fest. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, episodes this week. You don't want to miss tomorrow. We're breaking down Ant Man the Wasp. Quantum Mania weekly chat. You're on gonna want to hear that one. Thursday, we're doing <laughs> Prisoners. Don't miss that either. We got a packed week for you all. Take care. See you next week for more content in this week coming up. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast was executive produced by our chosen one patrons. Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Darren Singleton, Anthony DeMeo, Becca Keen, Cody Moen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Cam. And Chandler Johnson, thank you so much for supporting our show. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.